Turn with me to Matthew, the last chapter. Well, I think it's not, it's not really the last chapter. Now I'm wondering. Oh, that's last week. Yeah, never mind. Forget that. I see I used them on the same page. I was saving paper. Luke 24, verse 44 at the end. Page 1708 in... The, this New American Standard that I have. Uh, <clears throat> uh, Father, thank you for loving us and uh, communicating with us and staying after us and pulling us back into the center of the road when we get in a ditch on either side. You sign that we're your children. We thank you for your discipline. Um, we know it comes in love. Sometimes it's painful as like children experience a switch at home, but we know it's because you love us. Thank you for this Lord's Day. Speak to us. Wherever we are, doesn't have to have anything that I'm saying, just will you communicate with your people. In Jesus' name, amen. Um, so today is May 17th, so it's 36 days since Easter. It's 14 more days till Pentecost. And there are some interesting things about this. So the 40th day will be on May the 21st after Easter. Now this is, you know, this is... Uh, we're following like the Christian calendar, so I don't know what day it was on, the original one, right? But Jesus appeared, off and on, for 40 days. And so then here at Luke 24, here is the uh, verse 44. This is what uh, it says. Now, now he said to them, these are my words which I spoke to you while I was still with you, that all things which are written about me in the law of Moses and the prophets and the Psalms must be fulfilled. I'm really loud up here. Is that these speakers? I'm not loud out there where you are, so I'm just loud up here in these monitors. Okay. Uh, he opened their minds, verse 45, to, <clears throat> to understand the scriptures, and he said to them, Thus it is written that the Christ, or the Messiah, would suffer and rise again from the dead on the third day, and that repentance for forgiveness of sins would be proclaimed in his name to all the nations beginning from Jerusalem. That we could, this new thing, that um, now we can be made right with God our Father in Jesus uh, because it be proclaimed in his name, starting in Jerusalem, it will go out to all the nations. Verse 48, you're witnesses of these things. And behold, I'm sending forth the promise of my Father upon you. Now the promise is the Holy Spirit. But you are to stay in the city until you are clothed with power from on high. And he led them out as far as Bethany, and he lifted up his hands and blessed them. And while he was blessing them, he departed from them and was carried into the heaven. Now he's got his hands up, and he's blessing them, and he's starting to lift off of the earth. Levitating, but the good form, right? Until he keeps getting smaller and smaller, 
and they're looking up until he disappears. That was a pretty good <laughs> visual thing there. Verse 52, And they, after worshiping him, returned to Jerusalem with great joy and were continuing in the temple, blessing or praising God. So now we're in, what did I say, the 36th day. Today would be of the 40th days. And so if we were using this year's Easter, the 40th day, the day that this takes place, would be Thursday, would be the 21st. So you can think about that Thursday as the liftoff day. And if you read one of the other Gospels, there's two angels standing by, and they said, uh, why are y'all looking up into the sky, guys? Probably didn't say guys, but why are you looking up into the sky? This same Jesus who, who has gone like this is going to come back. And so they are going to go after this, and they're going to end up back in that big upper room that they like, and they're going to hang out up there for 10 days. And Pentecost is going to be, stands for the 50th day, that 10 days past the 40 days of him appearing after the resurrection. Okay, so for 10 days, they're going to stay in the upper room and they're going to seek God. So we're going over to Isaiah 30. I am disassembling, deconstructing, um, Part of the house and that I built um, in 1979. Next, on, well, I didn't build it in 1979. I built the log house and then on to that house in 1990. My mother-in-law came from Dothan and at, at age 75 and built another house. And she let me design the outside of it. She did the inside of it, and we attached the two houses from living room of the log house to her den room that went. To her house and then her house is sitting there so I've been disconnecting the houses by deconstructing the den and I'm down to the floor joists now pretty much one piece of wall left hope this is my water because I'm going to drink it I don't remember moving it last week so I think it's the same one I can't tell I have troubles sleeping lately. You can pray that I'll sleep more. I really need seven hours a night to remember things. So I had a couple of four-hour nights. So this morning I got up at 4 a.m. And the first thought was, rain's coming. Wow, I didn't cover up the end of those logs that are exposed now because I've taken the roof off. So you know what I did. I went to Southside, put on my work clothes, at 5 a.m. and got my staple gun out, gun out. The neighborhood's all asleep. And I tried to be quiet. It's outside, but I stapled plastic over the end of the logs where they were exposed so that they wouldn't get wet. And then I came to town. So I'm all over the place in my different thoughts. Okay, so <clears throat> I wanted to look up um, the date. Not the date. I wanted to look up the, uh, the number 20. <clears throat> so I used to have this sheet of paper somewhere from years ago, and maybe some of my friends have still got one. 
And it had all these numbers from the Bible and kind of what they mean. And then if you go really look them nowadays on your phone, you can find a really good source. And you can just look up all kind of numbers. And usually they match this list that I had from years ago when I was teaching school. Well, 20, uh, if you look up 20 on a, on a really good list, you come up with the word redemption. The 20, 20 stands for the number redemption. So it's just thinking about 20 and the year like 2020. And so um, Bruce happened to say this morning, he says, you know, what's, what number of Sundays is it now in the year? And so Karen and Liz both counted and said, uh, this is the 20th week, the 20th Sunday of the year, the 20th Sunday of 2020. And then Liz was saying that her mom, Jennifer, had looked up on 2-20-2020, right? February the 2nd. And that she went to Psalms 20. And Psalms 20 mentions some parts in it are about redemption. Well, I was upstairs a little while ago, and I just started thinking about, well, I wonder if I could look up 2020. I just see what that is. Like, uh, there's probably nothing listed in the Bible. But when you look up 2020, it, my phone pops up Strong's Concordance, which is made up of Hebrew words and Greek words the Greek being the New Testament, Hebrew the Old Testament, and the, word, the words were all assigned a number, the Hebrew words are. So as the Hebrew words are listed down through there, you have a number that's assigned to it. So, so the number 2020, 2020 has a Greek Hebrew word out there, not Greek, Hebrew word listed, and the Hebrew word means Redemption. Did you get that? Like, so the number 20 shows up a number of times in Scripture. Different things happened. Like, you remember the part about uh, where one of the guys goes off and gets married. And he has to work so many years for his father-in-law. And it's like 20 years to redeem his wives. I think it's, you know, who's that? Israel. Before he gets named Israel on the way back home. You know, Rachel and Leah and the other wives and 12 tribes starts and all that stuff. And it's like 20. And so, so there's these places that you come up with all this 20. So it's like, wow, this really is not just happens to be the year 2020. Maybe there is some real big redemption thing going on now. We'll have, it's always easy to look back in history and see like what was going on. We really, if, 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 you, if you listen to any news place or read any place, have you noticed there's a zillion things being written about COVID-19? And, and before that, they were talking about the year 2020 and trying to come up with what does this mean? Does it mean something? And God only lets us know stuff if he wants to let us know something. Okay, so... This is painful. Chapter 30 is painful to me because as I read it, uh, I see some stuff personally and then I see some stuff about the church 
Now, look, I looked up a few minutes ago just for worship, like, well, how many countries do we have? I kept hearing someone say 183. You know, they can't even agree how many countries that there are. One source says there's 195. One of them says that there's this other number. They don't even have the same number of countries. I mean, can't you count the countries? Obviously, uh, different groups and speak different languages and parts and divisions. And so, so one of them says there's 195. So it's like just almost come up with your own number of countries. But all these countries, um, God has allowed them at periods of time. And there's scriptures in the New Testament. I, I meant to look up the uh, address. But one of them says that we should pray for the peace among the nations that we should pray for those in authority so there would be peace in a country. And the, and the thing about that is, as, as Christians, we, it makes it troublesome for us to practice our Christianity in the sense of serving the kingdom the way he wants us to serve the kingdom if there's issues in the country that we live in. Just think of this right now. Just, just uh, We've closed, closed this country down. We're opening it back up. And now we have all of these extra protocols in place. It takes an extra 15, 20 minutes to go to a store, for me, at my age, and, and uh, stuff. And then two, three, another 20 minutes or something when I go home to get the, clean the stuff, to clean my hands, to clean the phone, to like, did I do this, did I do that, did I leave the shoes over here at this place? And all this stuff is always kind of changing right now. So serving the kingdom is troublesome. At least it is for me. Now, maybe being younger, you don't have this trouble that you can serve and uh, you just, you kind of can do all this stuff really quickly. But I've noticed some of the older citizens, they have trouble. They stand outside their car. If it's a husband and wife and they're a little bit older than me, or maybe they're my age, I can't tell, but they act older than me, I hope. And it's like they're standing out there and they're kind of checking each other. Like, you could tell, I know there's a conversation like, you got your mask, I need, I need to fix your mask right here. And, I, and do you, are you carrying gloves this time or not? No, yes, I am. No, I'm not. You know, they, they stand out there. I'm gonna, are you going in the store or not? I'm just going to walk way around y'all while y'all are working this out because you're between me and the store. So, Isaiah chapter 30. Woe to the rebellious children, declares the Lord, who execute a plan but not mine and make an allegiance or alliance, but not of my spirit, in order to add sin to sin. Yeah, when God uses the word woe, that's not a happy word. That's not blessed are you. That's the opposite. It's the opposite of being blessed. It's like you are in such trouble. Woe to you. It's, it's like this is a, you better pay attention. Whatever I'm about to say in Scripture Woe to you is a, uh, should get your attention. Woe to the rebellious children. Why, what's the rebellion that Isaiah is hearing from God? That they have come up with a plan, but it's not God's plan. Now, as Christians, this is hard to do, y'all. I got all these little pieces and like, I didn't put these together. Now I see I need to take this and put this over here. You know the part about Jesus where... They're, they've come to him and they said, uh, maybe they call him master or rabbi. They'll say, what are you, you going to do about the poll tax? The, the Romans had taxing at ever so places and you had to give so much money to the Roman government because they were occupying Israel, right? So 
You know, some of his disciples are slightly rebellious, especially one of them. One of them is a, a zealot kind of guy. He's meaning that he would like to overthrow the Roman government physically if he could. Now, God the Father, when Jesus met with him one night, all night long, to decide who were going to be the apostles, the called out ones, he put a political rabble rouser as one of the twelve. It wasn't Judas. Besides that, you got one that's going to betray you later and really loves money and like all this stuff. So you got him and you got a political dissident person. You got one of those. You got these fishermen guys. You got, you got, and then you got Matthew. And Matthew was a professional tax collector. He collected taxes from his fellow Israelites and gave the proper percentage to the Roman government and got to keep some. Now, people that collected taxes, it was a really good job. And everybody from your old neighborhood hated your guts. So, you know, he didn't want to go down a street at night in the dark. He would want to have some people with him. That's why we have Matthew's party. Matthew could throw a big party for Jesus when he started following Jesus. And he got really excited about this he said, I'm just going to give you half of everything I've got. He really got into it. You, so you got these 12 odd guys, Jesus being 30 years old and them all being younger, but they're, they're with him. They're the special selected ones. You got other people following. You got women that are helping to follow and supply them with food and different things. So there's a, there's a crowd been going around with Jesus for these three years. But you got the 12. I mean, they're special. They got a little badge, you know, like people that wear American flags if they're political or something. They got like a little badge going, hey, I'm an apostle. There are only 12 badges. And then you got the three. You know, you got John and Peter and James. James, Bruce is nodding. You can't see him, but he's right there and he's nodding. So you got Peter, James, and John. You got three. You know, he took them up on the mountain. It, you know, they got to be a part of some even more special stuff. And I got way out there on that. Executing a plan. I don't even know where I was going with that. I slept a little bit better last night. Uh, it's not going to come back, so I need to go on, I think. Um... Whoa. They're not following a plan. Oh, yeah, about the poll tax. That's where we are. You, you remember the, the, they come to him, Master, what, what are you going to do? In other words, we're kind of Jewish, and this is a Roman thing, and we're not really for the Romans. You know, especially, you know, you, you got the zealot guy that really doesn't want to do this. And Jesus says, uh, show me a coin. So they take out a Roman coin, which is what they're all using for coins, for money. He says, whose picture's on it? And they said, Caesar. He says, well then, give to Caesar what's Caesar's, and to God what's God. That sounds easy. We're in that very place now, all over the country. We have got people rebelling against parts of governors' 
issues from the different states and different places. We've got others going along. We've got the in-betweens. Stuff is changing hourly around the country. You know, as we try to open up, some wants to stay at least be closed longer. You have whole traffic jams of people going around governor's households and stuff. We get, they're getting fights that are going on. Stuff's happening because they, they, people have spiritual problems with knowing what to, what to honor the government and what to honor to God. Woe to the rebellious children who execute a plan but not mine, who make an alliance but not of my spirit in order to add sin to sin. Now, let's take it to Christianity. He's saying to them through Isaiah is, I am upset with you because you've used this, you've thought of something, and you're following that over listening to the Spirit. as we weigh out all extra, extra decisions or just normal decisions, it's a weighing that goes on about what is God saying. We found ourselves in this place this last week. Now that the uh, governors said that we could meet, there's protocols and stuff we'd had to put in place, but we started talking. And we, were, we had gotten parallel words with each of us separately without talking together. We, it was not something we came to a conclusion mentally. It was spiritual conclusions that we compared. That's how Christians should come up with issues. They go before God and then they get together. They don't get together and then go before God. They're in touch with God, and He's communicating with each of us in the particular ways He communicates. One has a word, one has a piece of Scripture, one has an impression, one has a dream, one has a vision. We have a lot of ways that the Spirit, but it's the Spirit communicating through our personalities and makeup, and then we share those with the parts of the body. And if you're in church, kind of the governing part, having to make decisions for the for a a local body, then you're needing to hear. Now, so far, we've not heard when to open up. We've just heard don't open up. So it may be different next week. It may be an hour from now, and he talks individually to people, and then they start, we start reporting back to each other kind of, and and, uh, we know what to do. But but here's the danger. The danger that they were, they were having at this time when Isaiah was see, seeing this is realistic danger. Verse 2, Who proceed down to Egypt without consulting me? Now, the symbol of Egypt is the world. The world system. The way of going to the world. If, if you... I'm trying not to stretch these things out. But uh, what does it mean to go to the world? What's an illustration of something? How you dress, to some degree, is affected by the country that you live in and your local cultural dressing. If I'm in Texas, I not only have this on for dust every day, I've also got a 10-gallon hat because it's doggone hot and the sun beams down there a lot. And I've got cowboy boots because I never know 
I find out that if I'm wearing track shoes or even what I've got on because I broke my little toe, that I'd have to be looking down to make sure where I put my feet because, you know, some neighborhoods have horses and cattle and all kind of farm animals and different stuff, and you just don't know where you're going to be stepping. So they found out that boots worked really well. Besides that, if there was a rattlesnake that just didn't like you, he couldn't get through your boot, you know, so you didn't have a rattlesnake bite. So if we were all somewhere west of here, or even parts of Alabama, you got boots on, you got a 10-gallon hat, you got a bandana on for the dust, right? And you probably got something that shoots things. You probably got something in the back of the truck or something nearby, depending on if you need to shoot that rattlesnake. You just don't know what you're gonna what you're gonna run into. I I can hear Woody Woody talking from the Disney thing in my head. You're my best deputy. There's a snake in my boot, yeah. And then I can hear Buzz going, what is that? To infinity and beyond! You know, all those little... you got to teach elementary school to really appreciate this stuff. Who go down to Egypt without consulting me, verse 2, to take refuge in the safety of Pharaoh and to seek shelter in the shadow of Egypt! Exclamation point on it. Therefore, the safety of Pharaoh will be your shame, and the shelter of the shadow of Egypt your humiliation. What's the prophet saying is, because you didn't seek God, and you sought your safety in Egypt, the world system, I'm going to humiliate you. Because why? They're God's kids. They're God's family. God's family doesn't go this way. People of the world that don't know God go this way. And he, you know, there aren't his yet. When they become his, then this becomes an issue. But otherwise, you go and try to get wisdom where you can get wisdom. Down at verse 5, he names a couple of places in Egypt there. And then verse 5, he says, Everyone will be ashamed because of a people who cannot profit them who are not for help or profit, but for shame and also for reproach. And then he gives an oracle, a, a, a thing about concerning the, be- the, the beast of the desert area, the Negev, the, the pretty desert-like. And he just does this whole thing about flying serpents and vipers and lions and lion, not, you know, and, and carrying their treasures on camel's humps. You see this whole visual scene of going across a desert area. And, and he, verse 6, he ends up by saying, to a people who can't profit them. Verse 7, even Egypt, whose help is vain and empty, and therefore I've called her uh, Rapha, which means, um, I looked it up, but it, uh, approach or arrogance? Arrogance, I think. Erica, arrogance who has been exterminated. That's what that says in that line there. So then he goes on and says, uh, Go ahead, take a tablet, write this down, so that someday later, kind of, I'm paraphrasing, so that you can read this later. This is going to be a witness forever. He says, verse 9, For this is a rebellious people, false sons, sons who refuse to listen to the instructions of the Lord, who say to the seers, 
And you got like two groups here now. Seers, you know, they're, they're, they kind of have visions. You must not see visions. And to the prophets, you must not prophesy to us what, what is right. Speak to us pleasant words. Prophesy illusions. Now, you're going you're gonna to run into some of that. What if God is saying, hey, this is going to be a time of discipline the next season in life. But then you start having spiritual leaders or people who say that they're prophets or they're, that they can see. And they're saying, no, 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 that's not true. This is going to be a plentiful time. This is going to be this or that. Well, it depends if they really are seers or not. If they're really here spiritually, if they really have a good track record at, at the prophetic. Um, in their case here, they're saying, we just want to hear good stuff. We want to have uh, happy thoughts. Verse 11, get out of the way, turn aside from the path. Let us hear no more about the Holy One of Israel. We don't want to hear anything else that you're telling us that God is saying. Now, these are people from Jerusalem. These are people from the center of their culture. Uh, they, they, they don't want to hear stuff. I'm looking like this next... The next little section, he uses the illustration of, of like a wall getting a bulge in it and collapses. And then he goes on and he says, it's sort of like broken pottery. The pottery parts are so small that you can't use them for anything. If, if pottery breaks and you can still use it, you can kind of at least scoop up stuff with it, you know, food. Or you can like, the pieces of the broken pottery are so useless that you, that you, can't, you can't even lift up a little bit of water or some... Um, ashes or, or charcoal from the fireplace with it. Verse 15, For thus the Lord God, the Holy One of Israel, has said, and here's the verse I, I mentioned last week, in repentance, that word can also mean returning, in repentance and rest you will be saved, in quietness and trust is your strength. I think I was hearing this morning that, and this is about to be true, you just, you know, I'm not saying, thus saith the Lord, I just, just an odd thing upstairs before we came, I came down, was uh, we have had a season of Lent, and we practiced this year, introspection, how Lent's supposed to be, we had special uh, communions every week, you know, that was 40 days counting up to Easter, right? And now we have the 40 days of Jesus' appearing off and on to everybody, to the believers, right? That days. I heard that it was a double Lent this year. That it was 40 days of introspection and humbling ourselves and getting in touch with this, what it cost God. And that, that there was another 40 days of that, that we're in that. So if that is possibly true, then we're in day 36 of the second 40 days. Now, on this, the normal calendar, the 40 days of the appearing ends, and we have 10 more days of them meeting in the upper room listening before Pentecost happens. So if we're in a double period in, in 
Thursday ends that. Then for the next 10 days, we, we might spend a little more time in listening, looking, just practicing. What are you doing? What do you want to do next? I usually have trouble trying to figure out what are you doing? Like people go, they're always asking me, well, what do you think God's saying? That just freezes me up. Where I usually have a better track record at hearing is when I'm looking forward from this point and not trying to figure out where I am on the map today, like at the mall where the little thing falls down and you go over to the legend and you see the little, you are here thing sitting in the, case, in the glass case, but it's on the bottom, it fell off the map. So you don't know where you are in the mall when you visit another town. I usually find that the one with it falling off for some reason. So I do better with, instead of where, it, where are we today, is more sitting here, worshiping him, and then he starts, presence starts coming, and he just starts showing me stuff later. I want you to take the tugboat this way, or this way, out there. It's kind of looking forward. So I'm wondering if maybe the 10 days after Thursday is going to be that you're going to hear. So let me just go and just stick my neck out here. It won't hurt because if I miss it, you care about me anyway. So Lord, if, the, if, if starting Thursday for 10 days is 10 days before Pentecost, which it is, that the, would, you, would you increase our ability to see, hear, and sense the, the ways that you communicate with each of us, would you increase that and communicate with your children that we might compare with each, one, each other, that we might find wisdom of where you're going, where you would want us to go? So we hold that before you. Yes, because the last verse of 15, after the coup ones that we memorized and put on t-shirts and put up on the wall in calligraphy, after the in repentance and rest you'll be saved and in quietness and trust is your strength, he says, but you were not willing. You were not willing. My plan for you, saying to the prophet Isaiah, was that you would get still you would lay down your fear, your anxiety, and you would rest in me and your relationship with me and wait upon me. But you didn't want to do it that way. You wanted it fixed right now. You want a virus tomorrow. You want enough testing tomorrow. You want everybody to come out. You want to quit doing distancing. You want to hear something from the CDC that I read a month ago from France and, our, and we didn't put it up anywhere? France had found out that the distance between each other for there to be airborne particle of water particles from people is four meters, 13 feet. I think what we did was is that we came up with six feet 
Everybody ordered special stick-ons for their floors that said six feet. And the CDC knew this, but they would go, I'm not telling them that their, their signs are all wrong. They'll have to go and make another one. So the CDC finally came out and said four meters. And so WebMD and some of them, or some of the places online are starting to mention this now. But France was on top of this a while back. And then let me give you another one that we've got to figure out in here. That when you and I are singing, because we sing from our more air, from our lungs, and louder, we are projecting further. One church did everything by the books in the state that they were in, and they had church. Somebody had the virus, Two people from their church eventually died. Another source had found out, they didn't know about this, someone else in another country, I think, I don't know, my sister-in-law has sent stuff, and I meant to look it up for you, But but I heard it, that they found out that when we sing, we project further, that we need a greater distance in kind of a, you know, cone from where we are. So six feet won't work. If you're going to sing, you're going to have to sing into a, into a cloth or you're going to have to back up. So we got, everybody sings loud, we'll just go around the edge of the room. I don't know. I, I don't know. We're, try, we're trying to, you know, pay attention, do good sights and hear God. All the, this is, does anybody have trouble with this here? Like, it's like uh, confusing. That's why I went into art, because I just knew life was going to be confusing later. And Verse 16, and you said after that part right there, but you're not willing. And you said, no, we'll flee on horses. We won't stay and learn from the discipline that you want to teach us about following the Spirit and quit thinking. We'll just go down to Egypt. And if Egypt doesn't work, we'll just leave on horses. We're just going to get away from this. We just don't want to be trained by God. Doggone it. We're independent. You know, and America is extremely independent because our ancestors wanted to get away from the governments of Europe and they would risk their life in, in boats that weren't very big. And some of them died at sea trying to get to a country that really enjoyed freedom. They didn't come by Liberty Island and see the statue out out there and go to be checked in at Ellis Island, all this, and had to be checked to see if you were carrying a disease or something, you know, and then you could get inside the United States from Ellis Island. And, you know, and all that on the plaque at, the, at, at Liberty is really special. That's because the People wanting to come here wanted a chance to be free from kings and queens and ruling back home. And Philadelphia was founded, the city of brotherly love. You know what Philadelphia means, city of, you know, brotherhood in Greek. It was founded because there were people that came here and they were still being 
kind of looked down on for their religious beliefs the way they did. And so Philadelphia started, the guys that started it said, we're going to make a town where you can practice your way of worshiping God and we'll leave each other alone. That's why that city was founded, was so that you could worship God. We live in a time period where, we, where we're not in touch with how this country started and why things go on the way they do and why people will go and possibly lose their life in serving in our military because it represents the United States, and they want the freedom that they have at home to stay here free, but also for those people in those other countries. They go fight someplace else so that those people could taste the freedom that they have been raised with. It's not a bad thing for a country to be, but there's a higher calling than that. As neat as that is and as Sacrificial as that is, and as wonderful as that sounds. You know, Flag Day the other day was the 14th. And on May the 14th, 1777, we adopted the Stars and Stripes flag. And you know, that means something. A star for the country. The red for the sacrifice. You know, the white. I mean, it... Each part of our flag, just like everybody's flag, is supposed to kind of have this background of why we made a flag the way we made a flag. And it all has meaning. The higher place beyond loyalty to your country of your 195 or 183 or whatever country it is, is that you are part of a kingdom above that. The kingdom of God is above the nations. There is only one king of kings. And he has a plan. And we are his children and his servants at the same time. We are ambassadors of the king besides being his children. We're all of this. And I think I'll probably stop there. He goes on in chapter 30. And he starts saying really like he does after he talks about the discipline. You can't run away from this. You need to follow God. Then, then he talks about verse 18. Well, let me go ahead and do this for a minute too. Therefore, the Lord longs to be gracious to you. Therefore, he waits on high to have compassion on you. For the Lord is a God of justice. How blessed are all those who long for Him. Sometimes when we're in a time of discipline of God, He's got the switches out. The little child part of us says, you don't love me or you wouldn't be switching my legs. But the reason He's switching our legs is because He loves us. You know, it's the other way. And so he's, after He said this, you can't run to Egypt. You're going to be in trouble with me if you run away. If you follow your mind, if you don't listen to me, 
if you don't, if when I send a prophet, you don't weigh it because you need to weigh stuff that the prophets and the seers are saying because it could be me. That's your responsibility. It's theirs to hear it and to deliver it, and it's yours to weigh it. Same way that is today of words going out. But, that's, but he's not being the, the, the guy that's just out to give you a ticket for something, just following you down the road until you make a mistake because he just doesn't like the way you drive. He's not that way. He does it out of compassion. When you read the Old Testament, you know, he sends, he sends another country to discipline Israel, beats the tar out of them, and then he disciplines the country that disciplined Israel. You know, he sends Babylon, and they do all kind of horrendous things, and then he gives heck to Babylon for doing that to Israel. That's your father. I'm going to discipline my kids, but don't you touch them. And yet he sent them to touch them. I was just like, it just seems crazy. But that's the way he does. And I'm not sure that he stopped doing this. Maybe he doesn't do it the same ways that he did in the Old Testament. Those things are real obvious and straightforward. I don't know that the New Testament did away with that. You know, that made payment. Jesus made payment and showed us how to live and how to, you know, take it from external laws that they were following to internal heart laws. He'll go, no, it's, it's murder if you, if you hate your brother. You don't have to murder him to be guilty of murder. You just have to hate your brother. You don't have to be guilty of a sexual sin. You just have to think about it with that person. I'm holding you responsible for, for playing with that long term. Whatever it is you're doing. I'm going to measure you by what you measure with. How you take care of your brother shows me how I should, I'm going to take care of you. You know, if you're gracious, I'll be gracious to you. Now, he's loving anyway, but he's just going to have some law. He's just got ways of doing things. I'm going to stop there. So since we've got all the airwaves are full of all kind of opinions, you know, in culture right now, what do we need to do? First, we need to continue to get along with God individually, however you do that. Then contact your spiritual family. Once you are hearing from God, then you can share. Otherwise, you'll taint what you're hearing by what someone else has heard. And then if there's uh, that double witness or more of people hearing something, then you can uh, see what he's saying uh, to do as a kingdom assignment. It might be a personal assignment for you. It might be your local church body assignment. It might be something larger, you know, something that affects the nation you live in or parts of the world you live in or, or some other part of the world you live in. You know, uh, we are his children and when we follow him and we do what he's wanting us to do, there is usually cause and effect, some that you see immediately, something that happens spiritually. Sometimes it happens and you don't know it. 
I've had a number of times when I prayed for people for something physical. Nothing appeared to happen, or I didn't see anything happen. And they would report back months or years later about that time that I prayed for them and what God did. And then they usually say, oh, I was going to tell you about it, but it made me nervous. I was glad they just like, yeah, okay, that's good. He usually gives you enough of those reports that he encourages you, but he never gives you a report every time. It's never a real quick, oh, yes, you prayed the right way, or no, you lost that. That, you know, that game went to the other team. So, okay, Bruce, it's 11.52. I'm just telling you what time it is. I'm not, whatever. Whatever you want to do. We can hang up and tell them, see you later, or something. Okay, then I'm hanging up. What? <laughs> <laughs> Let's see now. What what 1950s show was it when they would go? That's all, folks. Is that Bugs Bunny? Bugs Bunny. Porky Pig. That's all. <laughs> Thank you, Karen. Karen, tell them goodbye since we can't see you. The the voice out of like you know, be the voice.